0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. This is All Things Elite. Welcome back to All Things Elite. Load up the five minutes on when we speak right here, let me warm it up for Austin and Floyd, couldn't be no one but the boys, when it come to all things elite from the fan perspective, swear man it ain't no question, hear from the first, swear man they putting in the work, no they had to get me for the verse, social suplex network zone I was at a time in your headphones, Austin and Floyd on the microphone, backing out on a red, getting in the zone, oh. Pulling up the show, giving seven stars, you already know Who else could it be but the show with the proclivity For positivity, I'm gone Happy Thanksgiving everyone and welcome to the 215th episode of Social Suplexes Podcast about AEW with the proclivity for positivity Welcome to All Things Elite I am your host, Floyd Johnson and I am flying solo on this happy Thanksgiving Hopefully when you're sitting around with your family waiting on the food to get ready and the football game to start you will turn on this show and hear my voice as I take you through the week in aew wrestling uh yeah I'm flying solo uh Austin I mean I was gonna ask Austin if he wanted to go but I was like you know what it's Thanksgiving let him spend time with his family I'm up working. So I was like, you know what? I can do this by myself. And with today, what you're going to get is you're going to get the latest uh, review of AEW Full Gear. And uh, we're going to talk about, well, I'm going to talk about uh, the Continental Classic. Uh, There was a selection show today. The participants in the groups were announced. I'm going to talk about that. And last but not least, I'm going to talk over, we're going to review this week's episode of Dynamite, which happened a few hours ago, and then I'll just kind of give a quick preview of Rampage and Collision, because, you know, the Continental Classic is going to be going on on all the shows this week, and my very last piece of information, I'm going to talk about the world's greatest tag team, who you all know, which is FTR, and the news they got I guess at the point of you listening to this, it will be yesterday. But before I start the review, I'm going to get right into it. I want y'all to make sure you are downloading this fine show on Google or Apple Podcasts. Please leave a rating and review. If you're so inclined, you can follow the team at Pod at Social Suplex. You can follow Austin at Austin Sumowitz. That's S-Z-U-M-O-W-I-C-Z. And at Floyd and me at Floyd Johnson Jr. on Twitter, my name is FTR Express. So again, world's latest full gear review. We're about to get into it as I talk about it. And I'm just going to kind of be reading through what happened on the show and giving my thoughts. Uh, my I'm going to give you something because it's just me, so I can tell you my MVP or MVPs of full gear. Uh, Whereas. Uh, Swerve Tricklin and Hangman Page. I'm going to start with talking about that match. I'm going to go through the whole thing. I'm going to go through this match, but I think that was the clear, clear undisputed match of the night. And you know what? You know, I'm doing the show by myself, so I can do what I want to do. So I'm going to start with that. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say this match was... Uh, I'd say... I don't do a lot of star ratings. I'm not a Super uh critical person. Like, I don't know the difference between a three and a half star match and a four star match, a four and a half star match and a four star match. I don't know. It's all feeling and all that stuff. But I feel like I know a five star match when I see one. And at the end of this match, actually, probably about three quarters of the way through halfway to three quarters. And that's when, you know, you're watching a special match. uh Yeah, I knew this was a five. And I don't know if Dave will give it a five, but it was a perfect match in my, uh, in my uh, opinion. Very much a perfect match. Very much in my candidates for AEW match of the year. Uh, I don't can't say that I've seen a match better this year than this, and it was. It swerve's hundred and twelfth coming out party. It's like you know people, uh, people uh, have been jumping on the bandwagon. You've seen the Swerve. Strickland bandwagon going and After this match I Can truly say pledge my allegiance Swerve Strickland is my favorite Singles wrestler in AEW Uh, You know I've been rocking with Darby but it's just like uh, I have to have an emotional Connection to whatever wrestler I Watched and knowing Where Swerve was uh, The work uh, as far as how, How he was very slight Everybody knew the skill was there, but he put on the weight. He he seemed to fill a role as the truly despicable heel. Like, if it wasn't for Christian uh, Cage, uh, Swerve would be my undisputed, without a doubt, Grand Canyon in between Uh, heel of the year in AEW. What? Christian has been doing such work, but I think Swerve has been doing his own thing, and he's Truly becoming that despicable person. But uh, I was telling a friend that I wouldn't want to book, be a booker or someone that runs Wrestling 8 in 2023 because it's so difficult. Because when you get a truly great heel, it turns people, people start cheering for him. Like, so with Swerve, he's been doing this crazy stuff. He, he busted a brick on Keith Lee. He uh, he he does all this cheating and all that stuff, but he's so good. and He's so good on Mike, and he's so menacing. Fans have started to turn around on him, and you saw it in this match. It was like Hangman, who is absolutely a fan favorite in AEW, and I feel like he found his groove having a true rival, and there was a great promo on the Dynamite before that led to this match. So, yeah, Swerve comes down to the ring. And, of course, Prince Nana is doing the swerve dance. I'm I'm up here doing it, waving my hands, doing my Nana right now. Uh, and so he had dancers out. And, I mean, that was choreographed perfect. It was if it's either that or Jade's entrance at Double or Nothing as my entrance of the year. Uh, it was just like perfectly choreographed. Uh, dancing to uh, right on the beat, and then the jump when they go around. I was like, yeah, now I was a star that night. Um, and then in true fashion, and the one of the reasons I truly love AEW is, you know, Hangman, someone has broken in his house. Uh, they had to put rules now where they couldn't touch each other at the show, and they he hates swerve. So was he going to come out there with his music playing, putting his finger up in the air, ride a horse? No. He came out, straightened his street clothes, and went to fighting Swerve. And that's how the match started. So from the match at the beginning, the match was special. Uh, Page gets in the ring, and he, he uh, knocks the down, Swerve, and then, boom, Buckshot Lariat to the outside from the very beginning of the match. Uh, Hangman then take Swerve's wrist together Hangman had a staple gun Became stapling uh, Swerve's body Page plastered Swerve In the side of the the head With the steel chair And I'm not going to go through this Word for word or anything like that Just go for the big moments But it started so hot It started angry It started like a blood feud It set a tone That this match was going to be different Than any other blood feud that you've seen I, uh, as a person that watches all wrestling and loves the WWE, I can say sometimes it's like when, you know, people are busting in the house and then the person comes out and the music is playing and the pyro and they're doing their gyrations and dancing and playing to the crowd. It's like, are you really coming for a fight? Hangman came for a fight, set the tone from the very beginning and that tone stayed like that for the whole match. When I'm watching this match, and I'm talking about match placement and all that stuff, I'm like, I know this is this is Tony Khan's and the people that work for him business, but I'm just a fan thinking this match should have went on last. I would have probably called it an unsanctioned Texas Death Match and put it off on the main event because I can say this as as a person watching it. I didn't. I can't say I checked out after this match, but I kind of checked out after this match. It, this was the main event of the show, so um, uh, so as uh, uh, Hangman comes out with the lead, Swerve pulled a slender block from beneath the ring, which is you know nice, to, you know setup that won one his weapon, weapons, and uh, Swerve hit uh, Hangman with a. Death Valley Driver on the Slinger uh Cinder block. This is awesome. This is only about five, maybe ten minutes in the match. I'm not really good at like time. I didn't write the notes down that the times has happened, but this is like very, very quick uh into the match. Um Swerve intercepted the buckshot lariat, booted the chair. Uh there was one match, one thing in the match that happened. Uh Swerve is bleeding. Uh, Hangman's got the barbed wire and he's busting them open and they're on the mat and, and yeah he catches Swerve's blood in his mouth now a personally as a person that watches wrestling I can say this like uh, we've been watching a long time I see stuff all the time that isn't for me him bleeding Swerve's blood into his mouth was not for me but I do think it fit into the story of the match, it, and it was, even though it's gruesome and some people might not be for it, I thought it was such a powerful moment that it added to the match, didn't take away from it. Even though I could have lived without it, I do think it fit into the match. Uh, Swerve placed a board covered with barbed wire and bridged it between two chairs in the ring. Page pumped down on Swerve's forehead. Page planted swerve with a fall-away slam off the top and followed up with a dead eye on the barbed wire. Uh, Brian Cage ambushed Page from behind and powerbombed him. Brian Cage pulled out a table and set it on the arena floor. Pra- uh, Page cracked. Ca- uh, Page cracked. Cage. Don't try to say that two times fast with a barbed wire wrapping, wrapped, rolling elbow. Adam Page almost broke Nanine in half with a dead eye through the table. Yeah, Prince Nanai, you got your moment dancing, then you got your moment in the match. Swerve shattered the cinder block on Hankman Page. Swerve then wrapped a chain around his throat, then yanked the chain after it was draped across the post. Page couldn't answer the 10 count, and Swerve was declared the winner. And Nigel with the line of the night, by the grace of God, this one's over. So Swerve. God, uh Swerve Strickland. <laughs> uh, I almost called him his WWE. I did call him his WWE name, but Swerve Strickland comes out the win. I thought this was, yeah, like everything it needed to be. I want to give a shout out to Paige. Uh, he, you know, helping. You know, when you know, when you have someone and you're in a push like this with uh, Swerve, uh, Swerve, you need strong opponents. You need people to make you look good swerve's 2-0 and against hangman now not a lot of people do that swerve is on fire and you know uh they car- carried him out he-, he struggled out to the ring uh now you got this time where you know hangman can get fired up and uh come back and uh you know redeem himself but yeah i don't think this is the last of this feud but i can say i don't see the match in better uh, Swerve's on another level right now, I think all the fans are recognizing it. Everybody's recognizing it. Uh, Shop AEW has their Black Friday sale, and I made sure I got a Swerve sh- uh, shirt uh, because you know it was. It, I just think right now he's that dude. He gets it. He, and it, it's like when when people are on this fire like this, it's uh, everything they do is entertaining. Everything they do means something. Swerve, whether he becomes. As the first black AEW World Champion or not, is a player in AEW. Not for not for a year now. Not for the next year. For the next five or ten years, he is a face. He is a name. You need a belt. Put a belt on him. It's going to make it. He's going to make the belt. He's going to make everything work. Uh, yeah, I just I just think he's everything that's needed. And Hangman is Hangman again. I I truly believe he has kind of got lost in the shuffle. And he wasn't the star of the uh, star of the company that he was kind of meant to be in the beginning. And in this rivalry, even though he lost, he felt like Hangman again. He felt like the star again. He felt like the badass cowboy. And the fact that he ended the match, that Hangman ended the match getting hung, was even more just, like, beautiful and poetic and... Swerve came off as sick and menacing, and it was amazing. So I wanted to give that match its time. I wanted to talk about it first, how much I loved it. Again, the blood in the mouth thing—not for me, but I don't think it took away from the overall quality of the match. It was just—it was just fun. It was emotional. It was everything you wanted it to be. And again, uh, I stated this earlier. I don't wouldn't know how to book wrestling in twenty twenty three because this man, Swerve. Who's everyone's cheering, everyone's singing his song, everyone's doing the na-na dance, everyone seems to be all behind him, how do you then keep booking him as a bad guy? I don't know how that works. I'm glad I don't have to make that decision. I'm glad I'm just a fan and just gets to watch. It's just, I try to sometimes put myself in other people's positions to try to, you know, think about it, to try to think about, you know, what I would do in their situation. And my answer is I have no effing clue. Uh, I'm glad it's Tony Khan's problem and not mine. Uh, Let's go back to the zero hour now. Like I said, I wanted Hangman and Swerve to have their time. So I really wanted to focus on that. I didn't want it to become in the middle of my uh, whole talk about the show. Uh, It got the focus. Uh, We got Eddie Kingston versus Jay Lethal. This was a solid match uh much interference that kind of thing a you know eddie kingston match very physical very and he has a way of storytelling that is you're like all of his matches eddie kingston versus jay lethal Eddie kingston versus john moxley put it eddie kingston versus sanjay Dutt, he has a way of storytelling a way of hitting hard a way of doing it that his matches are always interesting it's starting off the show in zero hour is so smart Because fans always seem to get into his match. Uh, Kingston uh, beat, uh, uh, countered a Lethal Injection and uh, beat uh, Jay Lethal after a spinning backfist. The next match was Claudio Castagnoli and Buddy Matthews on the Zero Hour. I love Claudio. I love Buddy Matthews. This, for me, even though it was a good match, it's not the type of match that and I, if I'm understanding what the purpose of zero hour is, it's not the type of match that is going to get you on the friends the phone and make me call my brother, who's kind of you know sleeping to say, man, you gotta order aid, you gotta order full gear tonight. I mean, that's what zero hour is—the buy ins or whatever—is trying to get these last minute orders. I thought it was a solid wrestling match. It could have been the main event of a rampage. I just like as a zero hour, I thought it middle in the middle parts. It was a little dull and it's just not the type of match that you like are going to sell pay reviews. I I personally would have, you know, this is me, the fan speaking through Commander and all of them out there, all the luchadors out there and have them fly around for like 10 minutes. And it would have been amazing. But I thought Claudio and Buddy Matthews did a really good job. Uh, Claudio planted Buddy with the Ric- Ricola bomb, and then he put Buddy in a sharpshooter, Buddy tapped out. So, uh, Buddy Matthews uh, beat Willa Yuta, and then Claudio beat Buddy Matthews. Uh, so it looks like the Blackpool Combat Club and, Blackpool Combat Club and the House of Black kind of have a thing going on. So we're going to see where that goes. All right, and then we had the ROH Tag Team Championship match. We had MJF and Samoa Joe versus the Guns, Austin and Colton. Uh, uh so uh, what we're we gonna get to? Because the main thing, the finish of the match was the finish of the match. Uh, let's see where we get that. Uh, came out. So okay, yeah. Adam Cole came out and walked down the ramp on crunches. As the guns were distracted, Samoa Joe finished off Colton with a submission. MJF and Adam Cole hugged outside the ring. After their match, Samoa Joe got in MJF's face. They shook hands, MJF being a man of his words, so Samoa Joe was now in line for a title shot at the world title. As he helped MJF defend the ROH tag titles, Samoa Joe left, and the guns blindsided MJF started uh, in front of Adam Cole, starting attacking him. Uh, Colton held MJF uh, down while uh, Austin cracked MJF in the leg with a steel chair. Adam Cole is forced to watch helplessly on crutches, even though, okay, again, Adam Cole's not clean. He, he can't wrestle. You know, he's not, but I'm just saying, I'm there. I'm seeing somebody about to mess up my friends. This is me thinking completely. This is, you know, like in me in that situation, I'm at least taking the crutch and hitting somebody. I'm trying to help, but Adam Cole just kind of watched, as MJF got the shit beat out of him. Uh, uh, MJF's leg, they pulmonized his leg, uh, so MJF's legs messed up, and he ended up getting stretched out the ring. MJF was getting loaded in ambulance, and he yelled at Adam Cole, promise me you won't let them take my championship. Uh, How can Adam Cole live up there? Promise a man with one leg. So, WWE. This is WWE, babyface, 1980s, baby face stuff. The uh, ba- uh the the face champion now has an injury. His leg is down. I, uh he told his friend, don't let them take it, uh, take it out on me. His friend, who's also injured and not cleared to perform, somehow is supposed to stop them from taking the belt from him. I this is one of those things in wrestling. We like to suspend our disbelief. I'm all about it. I'm playing along. I I get involved. I play along. This one took me out my suspension of disbelief. uh, Because you find out that if Jay White doesn't get his title shot, if Jay White doesn't get his title shot, he is automatically declared the champion. Now, okay, this is supposed to make me hate Jay White. Right, that's that's the storytelling thing. It's supposed to hate Jay White, but I feel like any adult watching the show wouldn't hate Jay White. They would hate Tony Khan for signing the contract. It's like this is the dumbest thing ever because wouldn't every heel make this a part of their um make this a part of their uh, story that if the other person can't show up, they they get the title. So they're gonna just keep attacking the person until they can't show up. It felt like felt like. Oh, you're trying to fix something that's not there. You're trying to make this you're trying to make this obstacle for the face that wasn't there from the beginning. I'm thinking if you're gonna give, you know, this stipulation up until the show, let's say it is a stipulation, okay? You give it three weeks in advance, you keep having the uh the guns and Jay White try to attack MJF, and MJF get away, and then they finally catch him or something, but it felt so thrown in at the last minute, and it's just like, maybe I'm a wrestling nerd, and it only bothered me, but actually, I can't say it only bothered me, I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone with JR, and we're like, this makes no fucking sense, so if it didn't make any sense to you, it didn't make any sense to us, it just felt like a last minute stipulation and stuff, and I'm just like, dude, Jay White, super athlete. You know, I enjoy his, I know some people don't, I enjoy his New Japan matches, I enjoy his wrestler matches. MJF, when he wants to, when Mo Vader, amazing entering performer, he can really step up to level. Why couldn't we just have healthy MJF versus healthy J White and MJF or whoever wins the fight wins the fight. Why did we have to add all of this that really seemed unnecessary for the story? I, I, I mean, at the point, So you do everything old school is you do everything to make people believe Jay White can win. But you have to think in a new school mentality. We all, a lot of us that watch wrestling and love AEW, can't say we all, a lot of us that watch wrestling and love AEW understand the old tropes. So you kind of got to play against them. So with doing everything you can to make you think Jay White's going to win, it actually works the wrong way, and everybody goes in the main event knowing Jay White's going to lose. And it's like, you have to play it like MJF gets the better of them, Jay White gets the better of them, and you kind of, the best place to get your fan base is where we don't know. Like, everyone knew at this point, once they wrote them out and once they stretched them, that Jay White was not winning the title, and it's just like, we want to play along As a fan, I love getting work. I love not knowing. I will tell you, at no point in this show did I think Jay White was walking out the title. At no point in this show did anyone that I know, again, I roll with a rather passionate circle. At any point did I think MJF was going to lose? No. My friend Jason, who I bring up on the show often, the casual fan, telling me that I know MJF's not going to lose, He even said, I don't really need to watch the show. Said, no, MJF's not going to lose. So, again, just throwing my two cents out there. This is completely fan. I've never ran a wrestling company. Cannot run a wrestling company. All these people are more talented than me. But, yeah, it didn't make any fucking sense. All right. So let's start with full gear. And I promise my descriptions will be a little shorter after this. We had a trios match. We had the rated R superstar, Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, and Sting uh, in a trios match. So th- this is in- continuing with Mr. Copeland uh, living his, uh, lo- looking like he's going down the CN- CM Punk path. Because if you remember, CM Punk early on uh, uh, was in a trio with who? Darby Allen and Sting, they come out to the ring. Oh my God, Adam Adam is, has his face painted like Darby. I know uh, CM Punk did it like Sting. I actually have that shirt. But now Adam Cole has his face painted like Darby. I did think the entrance was really cool. How they looked was really cool. They, they almost looked like this biker gang or two bikers with their little brother. But whatever, it was cool. Christian Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne came out. They were looking is menacing the patriarchy as their official name. Uh, but we're just going to go to the end. Uh, so we get to this point, Sting, and Copeland are wrestling a luchasaurus. They hit luchasaurus with a stand- tandem corp- scorpion death drop. Luchasaurus uh, battered Copeland with a lariat to the back of the neck. Christian taunted Ric Flair and Ric Flair chopped Christian Christian connected with a low bow. Ric Flair sold that well. Uh, Christian tried to hit Copeland with the championship belt, but Copeland ducked. Cage inadvertently hit Luchasaurus. Christian, bang, he bounced. Just like the shitty heel he is, he bounced. Again, I love Christian because there's literally no redeeming quality of Christian, the character he's playing right now. Thing splashed Luchasaurus and then Copeland hit the spear. Darby nailed Luchasaurus with the coffin drop and then Copeland pinned Luchasaurus to your winner's Adam Copeland and Darby Allin. Uh, So then we had Tony uh, Tony Schiavone on the ramp for Bryce Rimsberg, called out the representatives of Bullet Club. He's about to announce Jay White as the champion, because we found out this stipulation, if Jay White doesn't get his title shot at full gear, he's the new champion. It sets up this moment for Adam Cole's music hits. Adam Cole says, even though he is not cleared to wrestle, even though he is clear on crutches, somehow he is going to defend Adam Cole's title. I mean, uh, MJF's title tonight. Again, very WWE segment. So, if you're an AEW person and you hate all of this, oh, I don't really blame you. As a uh, as a person, I think there's there's doing WWE things, right? There's doing bad WWE. There's doing good WWE. And then there's whatever the fuck this was. I would put this under bad WWE. It's like, if you're going to do WWE, do the good versions of WWE. This is not the good version of WWE. I know I'm the proclivity of positivity, but it was like in the middle of the show and it's like AEW pay-per-views, it's match, match, match. I even had friends tell me there's no break. Match, match, match. And this felt like a really long break that I didn't want. So then we got another match we had an uh, AEW International Championship match. Freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy with Hook versus Blackpool Combat Club's John Moxley with Willa Yuta. And Orange Cassidy and Willa Yuta, I mean, Hook and Willa Yuta haven't kind of haven't got a thing going on. This match was awesome. I, I honestly would have probably had this match as my match of the night if Hangman and, and Swerve didn't exist. Uh, yeah, uh, the way the physicality, of mox and you know orange cassidy having to step it up to the next level with their bodies they completely told this story like i said on the preview that i would have had mox win this match and that's fine but the way they executed the end and orange cassidy uh, orange cassidy had to hit uh uh orange cassidy had to hit over and over his uh orange punches he then had to hit his beach clash And then Mox had to head first into an exposed turnbuckle. Uh, Three orange punches, then a fourth, then a fifth, then a sixth. Then he hit the breach break and pinned down Moxley. John Moxley still looked like the monster is. This is how you do it. This is how you have a monster figure and you make them look good even in a loss. It took everything Orange Cassidy had and then some to keep Mox down. So that was uh, great. I thought that was great. Um, and after the match, it was announced that Tony Khan made the uh, 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 Tony Khan made the main event official switchblade versus a a uh, Adam Cole for the AEW World Championship. Additionally, Mark Briscoe was announced as the next participant in the Continental Classic, which begins this Wednesday on Dynamite. Not necessarily anybody that was on my list of people that I would have put in the display, but I'm happy for Mark Briscoe. The Duke and, uh, and he's a great wrestler, so he's going to put on hell of a matches. And when you're dealing with these type of G1 things, you need someone that can lose a lot. So it potentially could be Mark Briscoe. I even thought I'm like, even when I was breaking down the list, I'm like, you could do it with Mark is the guy that loses a lot. Or the dude has had an amazing story over the last year. You know, almost almost a year ago. Like it's a couple of weeks from now, and it'll be a year ago. That, you know, him and Mark, I mean, him and Jay had the uh, doll collar match with FTR, which was their last match in ROH. Uh, So it's crazy to think about it that, you know, he has a crazy story to tell if they wanted to go with it. Uh, Next one, we had the AW Women's World Championship match. We had Hikaru Shida versus Timeless, Tony Storm with her Tony Storm's, uh, you know, return to Hollywood. Uh, yeah, we had this point, uh, Storm had a metal tray in her, uh, b- bottom, and she had it, uh, she had the loaded butt, and she hits uh, a German suplex on Sheena, She's in the corner, and with the loaded butt, which the metal plate kind of fell out, well, not kind of, it was, fell out, and it was very obvious, and it probably should have led to DQ, but again, we gotta play along, the referee didn't see it, and he, she ran the butt-loaded plate right into Sheeta's face. One, two, three. Your winner and new Women's World Champion for the third time, Timeless Tony Storm. Timeless Tony Storm for the third. Uh, Maria, uh, Mariah Way walked out and handed St- Tony Storm a bouquet of flowers. You really love me. Finally, I think it was losing. Uh, I think. Uh, shout out to Luther. I think it was him who uh, came out to the uh, and, and actually took the plate out of Tony Storm's. But it was very uncomfortable because it was like, Aubrey was trying to position herself where she couldn't see it. Shout out to Aubrey. Brilliant. I'm like, she was petitioning herself. Well, oops, I didn't see this plate. And Tony Storm was trying to hide it. It was just, you know, wardrobe, whatever, malfunction. Shit happens but it was still a uh, was still a fun match. Uh I'm looking forward to what the uh, timeless tony storm does in the future with this. Again, to me, I'm not going to say everybody has to agree this is good WWE cuz so I was a huge fan of gold dust and uh when the Bob villains were doing their thing, I've always been a fan of that. I love that kind of cartoony old-timey stuff. Uh I'm like I'm not so super over on this i know austin is austin loves it but i think this is fun i think this is a way to get your eyes on the women's division which kind of have been struggling for any type of momentum i think that tony storm is in this character is the thing that could get them some momentum going forward backstage we got renee paquette with uh eddie kingston he said he has his eyes on the continental classic he said he wanted to uh, up the game up a, a little bit. I want to put the new Japan Strong Openweight Championship and the ROH World Championship on the line in each of my matches in the tournament. Let's make this the biggest and best tournament in pro wrestling. Uh basically, uh the, the titles are going to be on the line at the end of the tournament. Like from what I understand, if he if what he said was right, the title on the line in each match in the tournament. Basically, somebody could end up the champion and <laughs> end up the champion without winning the actual classic. But I, I found out later that it's you're going to be the Continental Classic champion, you're going to be an ROH champion, and you're uh, uh, ROH champion, and you're going to be the New Japan Strong champion to make a new and first ever type of American Triple Crown title. Now. We have not got details on how that would be defended. Is it going to be defended as one title, the Continental Championship? Or is it going to be defended as three different titles? So I figure if you're going to do the Continental title, this could be kind of the world champion of uh, Collision. But I don't know how they're going to do it. I think we'll get more news as it's going. I think this is a fluid situation. So, uh, So yeah, we'll wait and see. I will give updates as I have them. I could be explaining it wrong now. I didn't get to watch the uh, I didn't get to watch the selection show today because I sleep during the day. <laughs> so I didn't get to watch it. I'm going to watch it pretty much after this, which will be too late to actually talk about it. But uh, you know, I'm gonna watch it. Uh the next matchup, the AEW World Tag Team Championship, Fatal four-way or four-way match, or whatever you wanted to call it, is a four-way tag team match with Big Bill and absolute Ricky Starks. Ricky Starks had some hilarious takes on the pre-show, I mean on the after show about uh not being having a tag team name. And he was like, Yeah, why can't we just be this? And I was like, Okay. Uh I will address this because I had a friend tag me and something. I will say this about Big Bill and Ricky Starts. In a perfect world, in Floyd's perfect wrestling world, the world tag team titles would be on the same level. As the world title. Like. The, how they treat the world champion. How important the world champion is. The tag team titles. Would be that version. Right. Rarely if ever. Does a person win. The world title. In their second or third match. As a singles wrestler. You have to build. You have to uh, grind. Usually win a secondary title. You grind, grind until this big moment where you're the world champion, right? The world champion is the main eventer. Blah, blah, blah. I think the world tag team titles should be treated with the same respect as that two people. Just like uh just like uh a singles wrestler wouldn't win the world title on his third ma- on their third match. I don't think a tag team should then win the highest uh prize in the game of tag team wrestling on their first second or third match as a team i think they need to build think they need to win and then win it so yes i don't like it but this is floyd's world and like this is aew does not live in floyd's world so they do their own thing i don't think it's real i don't think it's real And and as far as the tag team name that's what makes you a team look at any team sport Teams have names. The Cardinals, the Blue Jays, uh, the Rams. They have names. That is how you identify. It. That's how you're a team. When you say, I'm Big Bill and uh, I'm Big Bill and Ricky Starks, that comes off as two individuals. And that's trash. Because two individuals should not be a team in a team competition. That's not how it works. You know, you have to work as a team. So, yes, I would like them to have a team name. The kid. Talking about Floyd's perfect world, not the world of wrestling that is in front of us. Fatal four way match, four way match, a lot of action, <laughs> a lot of action. Uh, I'm trying not to focus on just what FTR did, um, but Cash uh, did some uh, pretty crazy stuff. Uh, Cash spiked uh, uh, Malachi Black on the, uh, uh with a pile driver on a, la- a ladder. Uh, um, Brody King attempted a top uh, suicida, but Big Bill pulled a hold off a ladder, and Brody crashed into it. Stark speared Jalistico, and then spe- then speared Roosh. Stark's drilled Dax was swinging DDT. Starks sent Black over uh, overhead with a suplex into the ladder. But let's go to the end. Starks and Roosh climbed opposite of the ladder. Dax grabbed a tall other ladder and began to climb towards the titles. Crash grabbed another ladder, but Brody backdropped it. Jalisco planted Brody with a poison rana. Brody decimated Jalisco with a gonzo bomb on a ladder that was propped up between the ring and a garwell. Cash Willard climbed to the top rope and splashed Brody on the ladder, sacrificing his own body. Dax climbed up the ladder towards the titles, but Ricky Stark met, met him up top. Black pulled, uh, Black pulled Dax down and connected with the end. And then Starks grabbed the titles and the champions retained. So you're winners and still champions. The very temporary tag team of Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Uh, You know, I like them as a tag team. I would like them to have a name, but that's just me personally. And that's, you know, it's stupid. You know, I understand it doesn't matter. It's wrestling. So Big Bill and Ricky Starks have a title. Uh, they, they they are the tag team champions even though they're not a team, they're two individuals as I was told alright, next up TBS championship match, Chris Statlander versus Julia Hart versus Sky Blue now I have to give this match, I felt like there was a clear way this match was going to get, Sky Blue was going to turn on Chris Statlander and then Julia Hart was going to get the win so Julia Hart, This is kind of cool with the gear, Julia, I, I don't know if they you know, talked about this, but Julia Hart came out in all red. Sky Blue came out in all blue, because duh. And then Chris Statlander came out in her championship purple. So, hey, AEW's teaching you things. Red and blue makes purple. There we go. And I was like, uh, just watching the match. The match was fine. I mean, nothing to write home about. Uh, nothing to write home about. I doubt that Chris Statlander is very talented. She has carried the belt very well with respect. As the second champion. Uh, And this was the ending of this was cool. Uh, We had Julia applying the heartless lock to Sky Blue. But Chris grabbed Julia and sent her overhead with the German suplex. Then Chris sent Sky high flying with the German suplex. Chris crushed Sky with the Saturday Night Fever and went for the pin. But in True Hill Faction, Julia Hart knocked uh, Chris away, covered Sky, and won the match. Your winner and new champion, Julia Hart, Chris Statlander still looks strong because she's not the one. She lost her belt without taking the pin. So now you have the natural rivalry coming up of Julia Hart versus Chris Statlander. And uh, and you have Sky thrown in there. And then Taz says, man, she stole that win, and it was perfectly done because she's the bad guy. That's what you do. Tony Schiavone was in the ring for the blockbuster contract signing announcement. I had heard early in the week uh, before after I did my preview where I was so sure it was Mercedes Monet that it was definitely not. Of all the people, it was definitely not Mercedes Monet. So all through the day, I have hearing Will Ospreay. I saw a sign during the show that said, Will Ospreay's all the league. Tony Schiavone announces it out. And here comes Will Ospreay. And he comes out feels great. Listen up. I'm part happy to be a part of the team. But I'm not going to come in just yet. When I was 22 years old, I was part of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I'm 30 years old now. So I'm begging all of you, let me finish up. And then I'll be on the board on the road to revolution. So he's like, hey, he's not going to be here this year. They set that out very clear. And then I'll be uh, all yours. And more importantly, I'll be all elite, bro. Mister uh, Tony Khan, do us a favor: line up the best you got, especially for Wyndham Stadium, because I'm going to show them what elite really looks like, bro. So people are asking, why would they announce it on this show? You know, uh, some why would they announce this on the show, even though uh, he's not going to debut, and to sell tickets, all ends in UK. Uh, Will Ospreay is one of the UK's biggest wrestlers that is not in the WWE probably their biggest wrestler not in the WWE they want to sell tickets to uh, Wembley all in they might not be projecting that the tickets sell as well as they did last time they're also going to sell right in the middle of Christmas season which is December 1st so there's a lot of things working against this uh, show even me I'm like, I'm tempted to just wait and get tickets because, honestly, last year I rushed and got tickets. And then so many better seats opened up after as we got closer to the show. So I don't know. I know I'm I know I'm going to the show. I just don't know when or where I'm going to get tickets. So I'm going to just leave it at that. Uh, so that's why they did it. I'm just really excited for Bill Osprey. A-plus signing. Uh, I was talking to uh, Jason and he was like, why would he sign with AEW and not WWE? And this is what I said Will Ospreay sign with WWE? I don't know what the number is. I'm pretty sure if the number was high enough, he would have signed. But they would they would want Will Ospreay and then they would want you them to come in and put their WWE flavor on it, WWE seasoning, and they want to give you WWE's version of Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay. The character he has built over eight years in New Japan, where he has worked in AEW, right? AEW just wants Will Ospreay. He wants that Will Ospreay. They want that Will Ospreay. That Will Ospreay that has built up all of this history in New Japan, all of this history in AEW wrestling matches. They just want him to come in and be him under the AEW umbrella. Now, if I'm thinking, and with the schedule, you know, you look at how often they work collision dynamite you could either work both one show or another i think it's more flexible on time again i do not know will osprey this is completely me speculating i don't feel like i should have to say that uh say and say that because i of course don't like know anyone will osprey's not talking to me hopefully I, I don't think i have to say that but my speculation is the amount of time he has to work the amount of money the fact that he gets to just present himself as Will Ospreay and wrestle his style, I think that's those are positive reasons for him to go into AEW. Now, again, he might do an interview on Talking Jericho or whatever, and none of this is what he says he signed for. But you know, you know, I remember when Cody signed with WWE, and he's like, "Dude, we're we're playing my music, I'm wearing my gear," and he's like, "Yeah, we just want to sign you." You've already built the character. We just, you know, we just want to do the WWE version of the character, and that's what I feel like you're going to get with Will Ospreay in uh, AEW. You're just getting Will Ospreay. He's still Will Ospreay. He's still everything about him. Still leader of United Empire. He's still all the things that you think the best, one of the best wrestlers in the world, probably the best N-ring performer in the world. You're getting him the way he is but in AEW, so I'm excited to uh, get there, I hope he still very much works in New Japan uh, I hope he does everything that he does, he does, because he's very entertaining, he's a hard worker He, I mean, that dude is like him and John Moxley are kind of feel like they're in that same family that they have their regular jobs, but they like to go to the indies and give, you know, smaller audiences chances to see them so, I hope he keeps doing that and, you know, helps them build his family he's only 30, which is Dude, I feel like I've known, like, been watching or known Will Ospreay forever. He doesn't feel like he should only be 30. So you're getting him in his prime where he understands his character, where he's not just the aerial assassin anymore. He's the assassin. So I'm looking forward to him wrestling everybody in AEW. Everybody. I'm looking forward to it. So the Hangman of Swerve match was then. We've already talked about this. Then we have the Golden Jets, Chris Jericho, Kenny Omega versus the Young Bucks Matt and Nick Jackson. Again, this is this is me, you're you're getting my opinion. No way Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega should be one of the greatest tag teams ever. Shouldn't happen. Not in the two on two tag team match. Shouldn't happen. They got a story to tell, him, obviously. Uh with the uh, the way the match ended, uh, you got a third story to tell. Uh, Omega drilled Matt Jackson with a German suplex. Nick Jackson starched uh, Kenny Omega with a superkick. Jericho ate a superkick from Matt Jackson. Omega clocked Matt with a V-trigger and then finished him off with the one-e-wing angel to score the pin. And Now Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho can challenge for the AEW World Tag Team titles anytime they choose. Nick Jackson was furious at the loss. And again tearing apart the announcers' table. Omega extended his hand to the Bucks, but the Bucks stormed off. That is always what you're supposed to do after somebody sticks their stupid hands out to you after they beat you. No one should sign. No one should shake hands ever. All right. Main event time. Uh, uh, Adam Cole versus Jay White. Uh, They announced Adam Cole. They announced Jay White. They stand around for a while. All of a sudden... You hear, uh, that was probably the worst ambulance sound you'll ever hear in your life. But you hear the ambulance coming. Oh, shocker is MJF. He comes out and limps. He works the lim- he works a limb the whole match. Jay White has MJF in the sharpshooter. Adam Cole, or figure four. Adam Cole's about to throw in the towel. He doesn't. MJF uh, comes back, and Jay Wright's yanking MJF's leg, but MJF shoved him away. White collided with the ref, knocking him down. Adam Cole slipped the dynamite diamond ring into the ring, but before MJF could retrieve it, J. White grabbed it. MJF hit White with a low blow before White could use the diamond down dynamite diamond ring. MJF slipped the dynamite diamond ring on his hand. The guns ran down, and MJF clocked him. J. White was looking for the Blade Runner, but MJF cracked J. with the dynamite diamond ring and pinned him. Here in the champion. Uh, MJF. So that was Full Gear. I thought it was another amazing pay-per-view. Double that. The last three matches were, you know, great in-ring perform matches. I necessarily, like I said, Hangman and Swerve, I don't know if they had to call it unsanctioned sanction. What they had to do, that match should have been on last because it really did steal the show. Orange Cassidy and boxes another one could have made a minute. it. But well, we got MJF and J-White, you know, very, it was a fine match. It was it was an average to above average match. But after, as I was saying in my group, I have watched a, a, a zero hour. I've watched all these matches. We're, we're five hours into four and a half hours into the show. And then I get that match. That's not the match I want after watching four and a half hours of wrestling. Could they have done better? Could they have done worse? Whatever. Yes. But that was four and a half hours. I was too tired at that point in the night to watch kind of a slowly plotting place match. It was just, you know, it was just, I was checking out and, you know, me and I don't think, I don't think JR was nodding off, but it was just one of those things. Me and him were trying to watch the show and it was just like, oh, my God, We you know, you need something more. And it was like, that was the whole thing about what Kenny Omega main event or or any uh, the hangman or whatever. It was just like they had so much, much more exciting, uh, exciting style. It was a solid professional wrestling match. It's just I don't want to watch a solid professional wrestling match at the end of a four-and-a-half-hour or, or four-hour, if you can, you're killing the pre-show, four-and-a-half-hour pay-per-view. Call me negative. Call me whatever you want to. I just thought, you know, if we had healthy MJF, healthy Jay White going out there throwing a main event that is indicative of the AEW style that has been presenting for the last few years, I think we'd have been like, oh, my God, this is one of the best pay-per-views of the year. Uh, If you think about the pay-per-views that they've put on this year, uh, you know, I, you know, I, you know, Let's see how many have they put on this year? Two Revolution. Huh. Yeah, it's probably last. I mean, not even trying to disrespect. It. It's probably not the highest on the list. I mean, I was at I was at all out. And I think it might have been better in All Out. I don't like remember. I know being there and I was like, I remember watching it and I was like, this was a good show kind of thing. But and that's how I feel like this one. Like, I feel like this is a good show. And if I put it up against any other company's pay per views, it's probably one of the best pay per views of the year. But since it, when AEW really shines, is on pay per view, it's like, yeah, this was probably not your best pay- uh, performance, even though, because I just feel like there was a lot that took away from it. There was a lot of amazing wrestling like they usually have, but the other stuff took away from it in the end. So, yes. So that was, uh, that was uh, AEW. Uh, that was a AEW full gear. My review. Uh, next, we're gonna go over the Continental Classic and the people that they have set up for that. So on the uh, Wednesday, November twenty second, AEW did a Continental Classic Selection Show. Uh, on this show uh, Tony Khan and I believe Will Stokely half the way uh, announced the blocks and how the Continental Classic was going to work out in the blue league which if it, if I can tell from the, the way the schedules going this looks like these matches are going to happen mostly on collision it's going to be Brian Danielson Andrade El Idolo Brody King Claudio Castagnoli Daniel Garcia, and Eddie Kingston. In the Gold League, which looks like it's going to happen mostly on Dynamite, because tonight on Dynamite, or last night on Dynamite, they had three matches, and it was the uh, Gold League. It was John Moxley, Sir Strickland, Roosh, Mark Briscoe, Jay Lethal, and Jay White. So I'm looking at the 12, and I did my mock 12, and we talked about what 12 we would want. And the common theme, the biggest mm-hmm. snub, and I don't know if it's a snub because I don't know exactly what this is going to end up being. It, uh, I figured, you know, like the champion might be the champion of collision or or, or whatever. But uh, when you look at the uh, the list, the biggest name, the most glaring omission, in my opinion, is to catch them. You know, uh, you feel like, you know, him against a lot of these people will be banger matches. We've seen him against a lot of these people. But Takeshita was the comment when I asked on Twitter uh, who was the guy that this whole tournament doesn't make sense if they're not in it. It was Kunosuke Uh So, yeah, he's not in it. It's a choice. Uh, we'll see what it leads to. The 12 that are in there. I don't have a problem with any of the twelve. Would Mark Briscoe be in there if I was doing my list? No. Was he a name on any of my list? No. Like all of these people, like were on at least one of my list, except Mark Briscoe. So that's the one that actually shocked me. He's the shocking admission. But Tequesta is the shocking, uh, shocking missing person. So. Uh, I don't know. We're gonna see it. It's gonna be a lot of great matches. There are gonna be 20 minute time limits, no interference. If someone comes out and interferes, not only do you lose, you lose a point. So I figured that's gonna play into it somewhere. Uh you got a lot of people that are bad guys, quote unquote bad guys. So they are used to having managers and people do run-ins, so they won't be doing run-ins. So this is going to lead to some creative storytelling. 20-minute time limit means the matches are going to be faster paced. So you don't have to worry about that. And I believe a draw is one point. And, you know, win is three points. Any interference is negative one points. And, of course, a loss is zero points. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, how it's going. Uh, If I'm going to do predictions on this, I think swerve out of the gold league and I'm not going to go Brian Danielson. Oh, you know, I'd like it to be Brian Danielson, but I feel like Brian Danielson's too odd. To me. So I'm going to go swerve in Eddie Kingston for uh at the at the, in the uh, finals on December 30th and uh in Long Island at World's End. Now, it might it be Brian Danielson, it might be. I just think it's too obvious. I think this you're gonna set this because if you want to do the obvious one, it should be Mox versus Danielson. I mean that's that's the obvious one. Those are like your Mox is your champion. Brian Danielson has main evented shows and been, you know, in the championship pitcher. So if you're looking for the two biggest names that are it, and if you're trying to make someone, Swerve seems to be one of the hottest people in the company right now. And Eddie Kingston seems to be just as hot. They're both Like, really hot right now. So Eddie Kingston's a face, you know, uh, swerves a heel or whatever. It seems like it makes the most sense, but we will see. Uh, You know, I wouldn't be shocked if Brian Danielson doesn't win all his matches and uh, is in the finals at the pay-per-view or whatever. But if they use this to build new rivals. Because, you know, he has the match with Okada on January 4th. Uh, maybe that can play into it. And, you know, this whole thing can be used to make new rivalries. Uh, you're going to get Brian Danielson from uh Brian Danielson from the Blackpool Combat Club versus Brody King from the House of Black. And that's another admission. But Malakai Black's not in it. It's just like, I don't know. You got three members of the Blackpool Combat Club in it. Uh, one member of the House of Black, no other faction has more than one member. And uh, Blackpool Combat Club has three. I don't know if that means anything, uh, but it just seems weird that all three of them are in it. But yeah, that's Continental Classic. I am looking forward to the next few weeks of uh looking forward to the next few weeks of uh wrestling and these singles matches uh they did get off to a good start uh tonight and speaking of the good start tonight what we're going to do is we're going to review dynamite from tonight so speaking of a good start let's go ahead and look at dynamite's results all right. It's from the Wind Trust Arena in Chicago. Thanksgiving Eve tradition. I'm thinking one year I'm going to go ahead and do it. But I like being at home for Thanksgiving. I'm a little older. I don't know how many, you know, we all got left together. So I like to spend time with my family. But it just seems like it'd be cool one Thanksgiving Eve to go and then fly back in the morning to Oklahoma, you know, for that. So we started off with a Continental Classic match in the Gold League. We had Swerve, Strickland versus Jay Lethal. Very good back and forth uh, match. Uh, Swerve was uh, playing off the injury like he was tired from the uh, Saturday show, which only makes sense because he was just in a Texas death match at a Uh, pay-per-view. That finish was Lethal went for a lethal uh, lethal injection, but Swerve counted it with a drop kick. Swerve hit the house call and then the swerve stomp, score the pin on people. Three points for swerve. Very, very good match. If that set the standard for what a match is going to be in the Continental Classic, I'm very excited for the rest of the Continental Classic. Renee Paquette was then backstage with Orange Cassidy, Hook, and a Shabbatta. Will Ayuda interrupted and mocked them and basically, uh, that he told Shibata that he's going to take his pure title back because it sickens him that he doesn't have it. Then up next was AEW World Champion and Tag Team Champion MJF. He basic MJF. This was very much a old there, uh, old type of uh, this was an old type of WWE segment, almost attitude era. MJF was talking about banging women and and being proud about being the champion. And then Samoa Joe interrupted. The devil mask guy showed up. He laughed and then the feed disappeared. Samoa Joe music playing out and then he came out to the ring. Uh, MJF told him to blow him. Uh, and That was his reaction to him getting a title shot. Samoa Joe was about to kill MJF and Adam Cole stopped him. Says Samoa Joe, I mean, basically the fans like MJF because everything he says he's going to do, he does. So that's what it came down to is that uh, MJF is, uh, MJF then agreed and said he'd take on Samoa Joe tonight. Samoa Joe's like, I don't want to beat you up while y'all beat up. I want you to be healthy. I'm going to be your protector. I want you to be the best you ever will be so then I can dismantle you and destroy you in Long Island. MJF said, uh, "If you want to wrestling me in Long Island, the greatest place in the world." He said, "That's my truth." He he's like the greatest place in the world. That's you. Uh, you have better luck getting head from an alligator. Something I had never heard before. The crowd did not react to it really at all. But yes, so uh, they are set up on December thirtieth. It's going to be at World's End, Samoa Joe versus MJF in the main event. Next match, we have a trios match. We've got the AEW International Champion, Orange Cassidy, FTW Champion Hook, ROH Pure Champion, Katsyuri uh, Shibata versus Daddy Magic, Matt Menard, Cool Hand, Angelo Parker, and Jack Hager. Uh, before the match, uh, Orange Cassidy says he has a surprise outcome. There's that Danhausen. Uh, and he played, a, uh, he played a uh, part in the end of the match. He actually came out looking pretty cool with the jacket and all that stuff. Uh, Dan Housen, uh, jumped on the Aker and he distracted Hager with Hager's purple hat. Dan Housen cursed Hager and Cassidy stunned Hager, stunned Hager with a tope suicida. Shibata puts a sleeper on Menard while Hook made Parker tap out with the red rum. So, it's a nice little match. For uh Orange Cassidy, uh, Hook and Shavata. Uh but you know, it was it was a match. Adam Cole's backstage, Roger Strong and the kingdom interrupted. Uh Strong said, I saw you were there on Saturday. I'm sorry I missed you. Friday, where were you? I was dropped right on my head. Cole said, Shut up. When are you gonna get it through your thick skull that I'm not your best friend anymore? Do me a favor, back off and leave me the hell alone. Adam Cole broke up with Roderick Strong on national TV. That that broke my heart. Next next up, Christian uh, rechristened Luchasaurus Nick Wayne. Christian, being the super mega bad guy that he is, blamed Luchasaurus. He said Luchasaurus is the one that lost on Saturday, even though it was the Christian's belt shot that led to the loss. Uh, He's like, Luchasaurus made Luchasaurus get on his knees. And he rechristened him Killswitch. And then he rechristened Nick Wayne, the prodigy Nick Wayne. The mom comes, uh, Nick Wayne's mom comes out. He gets knocked down and uh, she starts getting set up for a concerto. And, you know, Christian was going to make uh, make Killswitch uh, give the concerto. But uh, Outcome Edge, to save him, it took forever. I was about to send out a tweet talking about the good guys in the back, letting a woman get beat up. But Edge finally shows up. He spears Nick Wayne. Uh, Chris, uh, Luchasaurus pulls Christian out the ring. Uh, um, Well, excuse me. Killswitch pulls uh, Christian out the ring. Uh, so they, it looks like this whole thing is setting up Killswitch to eventually turn on Christian because at the point he had uh, Luchasaurus before he turned to Killswitch, uh he um before luchasaurus turned to kill switch he had him on his knees and he told basically told nick wayne he's better than luchasaurus so he should never get on his knees so he's the now the prodigy nick cage and then luchasaurus is now kill switch Uh, that that should be fun going forward it looks like we are building to eventual edge versus christian match uh, apparently Darby is climbing Mount Everest. That's why he wasn't on AEW. So yeah, that should be fun. Uh, this whole segment was Christian just being a despicable human being, which he is, and which is awesome, which is kind of like we love that he's the person we love to boo. Christian hasn't gotten to that point where he's so good. People cheer him instead of boo him. It's like, he's so despicable. We just love that we get to boo uh backstage was Anna J Matt Menard Angelo Parker and Jack Hager this is uh, this was all about uh Anna J was supposed to be everybody was in fighting uh Matt uh, uh Matt Menard is the problem he doesn't like uh Garcia was his dancing Park was with his little girlfriend referring to Ruby and and Hager and Dan Housen has Hager's hat Anna Jay says, stop. This is about me. I just want to wrestle. I'm so tired of losing the infighting. And I don't know if you guys are here to help me or hurt me. Parker phone rang and it was Ruby So calling. Anna Jay said, Really? You're in my quarter tonight, right? He said, Anna, of course, family it's family first. You got this. Uh, then we get a gold league match. Uh, LFI's rouge versus, well, the club Golds' day White. And the finish comes. Roosh escapes the Blade Runner attempt. Roosh staggered White with the German suplex. Jay, uh, Jay White took down Roosh with the dragon screw leg whip. Roosh, Roosh held uh, Jay White with the belly-to-belly suplex into the turnbuckles. Roosh went for the bullhorns, but Jay White counted and tried for the Blade Runner. Roosh escaped shoving Jay White, who inadvertently connected with inadvertently connected with the referee. As the referee had his back turned, Jay White hit Roosh with a logo and then pinned him with a blade runner. Jane Jay White gained three points. Uh if you were wondering how they were going to get around, no interference with people like Jay White and the Bullet Club and Swerve, Friends Nana, they definitely uh, answered that tonight. Hey, you can take away the interference from the outside, but a good old logo still does the business. We then see our footage from... uh Oh, yeah, so Jay White gets three. is at zero for right now. Uh, Footage was shown from last night. Some media, uh last Saturday's media scrum, Uh, Big Bill and uh, Ricky Starks attacked Chris Jericho, targeting his injured arm. RJ City and Renee Uh Paquette were on the ramp to present timeless tony storm with her championship so this was kind of like an oscar thing and she was about to do her speech and then her music uh, the music played her off and then sky blue interrupted as she came to entrance then we had a triple thread match ruby soho versus sky blue versus hannah J. I will say this about this match this match was fine that's what it was it wasn't It wasn't really exciting um and the end came with Blue Escape the Queen Sailor slayer, slayer from Anna Jay and followed up with a Thrust Kick. Sky Blue recorded the pinfall after the cutter on Anna Jay. Sarai so and Ruby argued with one another after the match. So this uh da- uh cool hand and and uh Ruby Cellho thing is continuing to escalate. Uh, backstage Renee is with Wurlow. Uh Wardlow says the world doesn't around up around NJF. The downfall of the devil is going to happen on my time. AR Fox interrupted. Hey man, I see what you're doing here, putting the blame on everybody else. I get it. I was doing the same to Darby. Wardlow say, Listen, I don't need advice from anyone. And then Wardlow head butted AR Fox. So I'm imagining Wardlow and AR Fox are going to be wrestling uh, soon. And the main event time: John Moxley versus Mark Briscoe. This was a John Moxley. And Mark Briscoe, they have, I thought they had incredible chemistry. Uh, This was a very physical match. Uh, Moxley at one point hit Mark with a paradigm shift, but Mark got right up and drop kicked Mox. Then uh, Briscoe used the Death Valley Driver and the Froggy Bow. Mox kicked out at two. Uh, Mox escaped the J Driller attempt and planted Mark with the Death Rider for a near victory. Uh, for a near fall, like the look on Moxley's face when uh, Briscoe kicked out is what this tournament's all about. It was such a shocking thing. He made Briscoe look really good in this match. Uh, Moxley hit Mark uh, Mark with a half and half suplex. Moxley curb stopped Briscoe and hit a second dead or death rider. So that's uh, another that is a three points for Moxley. And right now, the standings as we uh, look at it. It is in the Gold League. Jay White, John Moxley, and Swerve Scott. All Swerve Strickland. I keep saying Scott. I don't know why. I didn't even call him Swerve Scott when he was Swerve Scott. I don't know why I keep saying that tonight. But uh, they're all 1-0. That's Jay White, John Moxley, and Swerve Strickland are all 1-0. Uh, Jay Lethal, Mark Risco, and Roosh are all 0-1. And no one has wrestled in the Blue League yet. But uh matches have been announced for this weekend so i'll go into that but that was your review of dynamite now we're going to kind of look at a preview of preview of collision which they did announce they announced the uh three matches that are going to happen on collision i just want to make sure i'm saying the right three i don't want to uh say the wrong three, so let me give me just a second as I do a terrible show and get this up right now. So it it looks like we only have two matches announced for the Continental Classic uh, on Collision. Oh man, that's a lot of C's. Uh, You want even worse, we only have on Collision, we have two matches announced a Continental Classic, and one includes Claudio Castagnoli. Try to say that. There you go, Claudio Castagnoli versus Daniel Garcia, Eddie Kingston versus Brody King, which should be a hard-hitting affair. So this collision, this collision preview is going to be pretty short. Apparently, we're getting Rampage and Collision on Saturday, November 25th. So it's going to be three hours of wrestling in the Peterson Event Center in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So they'll be going up against Survivor Series and college football. Uh, So that should be fun. Specifically, my Florida State Seminoles versus the Florida Gators. So deciding what to watch on Saturday night, I'm going to tell you all to watch AEW, but I probably will not be watching Collision until Sunday morning because I will be in San Francisco hanging out with my good buddy, Tiffany, and we would have just met Mark Hamill, and we're going to go back – we're going to go back to our hotel, order food in, and watch the revivor Series. So that should be fun. Good hanging with my friend there. Uh, so that's what it is. Uh, so that was your preview for Collision. I'm excited about throughout the Continental Classic, especially uh, as we get towards the end. I think some good matches. Uh, they're 20-minute matches, but I think these uh, they could some can end up being some of the matches of the year in AEW. And then on the 30th with the finals, I'm looking forward to how it breaks out. I'm also looking forward to how fans react to the pool uh version of it. I'm hoping it gets uh it gets over with fans well. I hope they understand it, they follow along. Cause I like this to be like 20 people next year. Right now it's 12. I think AEW could have added uh four more people to each block and it wouldn't have been uh, a problem at all because they have, they have the talent to pull it off. So I'm very excited about the continental classic. Like I said, if you very, or er, very earliest episodes of all things elite, I, one of my requests was AEW's version of a G1. So this is their version of the G1. I'm going to let it play out, but I, uh, if any, the matches tonight or what we're going to be seeing. Uh, it is super exciting. We're gonna get some uh big, uh, big, big matches uh coming up. Uh matches I could probably say almost looking forward to in the blue league. I'm gonna say Brian Danielson versus Brody King, Brian Danielson versus Daniel Garcia. Like everybody against Brian Danielson. Eddie Kingston and Claudio should be fun. And uh Brody King against everybody, and the other one, John Moxley and Swerve. That that's that's the one I want to see. Uh, every other match looks great; they're going to be great. John Moxley and Swerve—that's the match I'm looking forward to. I'm hoping it's like the last, the one that they do in it because that's a that's a big one. That's a dynamite main event. That's you know that's a pay per view main event uh, booked right. Swerve and Moxley, so that should be fun. But yeah, that is it. For, uh, that is it for our reviews and previews this week. The last thing I want to discuss is PWI at Pro Wrestling Illustrated announced their top tag team of the year. And for the second year in a row, you shouldn't be shocked. The second year in a row, the, my boys, the top guys, FTR are your number one tag team in the world oh my god i am so excited for this uh yeah they're the best tag team in the world one of the best matches jay white and juice Robinson, to put on the resume tag team champions most of the year always featured always wrestling hard always doing hitting hard doing their thing the best tag team in the world and they are the best tag team when I say best tag team, they're not the Usos where one wants to be main event J Uso and he wants to get them and then he wants to wrestle mostly singles matches. And then you got Jimmy doing his thing on it. No, FTR are a tag team. They will wrestle single matches every now and then. They are the best tag team in the world. They only care about being a tag team. There's honestly no tag team on their level that just cares about being tag team. Uh, the young bucks wanted to be. Uh, uh, the young bucks wanted to be uh, the trios team, and they they want to throw hissy fits, and they want to be the hung bucks and carry on my waywards. No, FTR is the best tag team in the world, and that's what that's what it's all about. It's being what they do every time they go out guess what? Oh, F- FTR will lose. Put over Ricky Stark's big bill in dominating faction. What do you mean they won't lose? Young Bucks never want to lose. Young Bucks just lost. I don't I don't know where these ideas in AEW that certain people, certain tag teams, that like FTR loses all the time. Young Bucks loses all the time. I don't know where this narrative came that these tag teams never want to lose. They just want to tell good stories. I Again, I'm not going to go off on this rant. Congratulations to my boys. Cash Wheeler, Dax Harwood, congratulations on being uh, the t- tag team again. The magazine's ordered. It's on the way. Uh, I you know I'm a top guy. I don't even try to be unbiased when it comes to FTR. And I don't try to be unbiased when it comes to Young, but they're my two favorite tag teams ever. I love that they just care about being tag teams. It's something weird about that, where tag teams just care about being tag teams. It's 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 weird and magical and all that stuff, because as someone that just loves tag team wrestling, and I know it can be presented as a main event. I just want it to be treated seriously most of the time. And it literally, when it comes to companies, no matter how hot it gets, no matter how much you see the Usos versus uh, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn in the main event of WrestleMania, and you see FTR putting on banger main event matches, uh, main, main matches with Jay White and Juice Robinson, it's always the first team to seem to take a back seat when it comes to booking a wrestling program and I all my women friends out there that are listening, I know, I know women's wrestling needs work. I, 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 This whole thing is not in any way an insult or saying women's wrestling is treated better than tag team wrestling. Cause I know when it comes to it, that will treat it much, much, much worse. But yeah, I want tag team wrestling to mean something. That's just what matters to me. It's my, happens to be my personal love. so. Again, I don't think a team should wrestle one match and win the tag team titles. I'm talking Hulk and Edge. I can go through all the list of all the single tag teams that wanted. It's like, just let tag teams just matter more than being a singles. I just don't like two random guys versus a team. Just like, it'd be like you in the NBA and you just pick five guys and you're like, oh, you're going to just play the uh Denver Nuggets this year. No, the Denver Nuggets will smoke them because they're a team. They're going to beat the five guys that just started, you know, because they're a team. It's like, you know, the Detroit Pistons against the Lakers that were thrown together for that year. It's like the team won. So I just like that idea. I'm a team guy. I'm a team person. I'm all about it. So I'm going to quit ranting about teams and say, thank you. Thank you all for listening. That's the last piece of news for the week. I want everybody to get really, if you happen to be listening on Thanksgiving, thank you for listening, get really full, enjoy your family, watch some football, and if you're not a football fan, watch some old wrestling, watch dynamite again, watch full gear again, whatever you want to do, but enjoy the times to enjoy these days. I know holidays are corporate and blah, 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 but it's not about that. It's about the time you spend with your family, time you spend with your loved ones, time uh time that you even if you're by yourself you just take a break and just realize you know you know pause for a moment realize what you're thankful for you know and focus on the things that you have and not the things that you don't have so uh with that this has been floyd and i'm going to leave you like i always leave you whether it is home work or school always do your best to be elite